This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hey, guys. <laughs> Good morning. Oh, my gosh. It's a little bit overwhelming to be here. <laughs> welcome, welcome. So good to see you in person. And welcome to everyone online. Hello to your living rooms and your spaces and your home. Thanks so much for being here this morning. My name's Christy, and I'm one of the pastors here. And this morning, as we get started, I have a question for you. Um, All right, I want to know, how many of you love a good rainstorm? Yes. And as Californians, we love it for our own reasons, because we need the water, because of the fires, we love it. Um, I love a good rainstorm. And I actually didn't, growing up in California, I didn't really realize, like, how crazy rainstorms could actually get until seven years ago, we moved to a city called Thunder Bay. (laughs) And it's called Thunder Bay for a reason, because during the summer, they get these epic storms. It's it's way up north in Canada on Lake Superior, and it would rain and hail, and just like you feel the whole house shaking, and the thunder and the lightning would be so big, it would launch our cats five feet in the air, and they would just you know, like run into the basement and hide. And I thought those were epic. We would get the whole family together on blankets on the front porch and just watch God's fireworks booming. Amazing. And I thought summer storms were amazing until I experienced a Canadian blizzard. That is a whole nother level of storm, let me tell you. And, um, You know, in California, we don't really rearrange our life around weather very much. But in Canada, you rearrange your life around the weather. Everything is kind of held loosely, especially in the wintertime. If a blizzard comes in, the city just shuts down. Everyone goes home and drinks hot chocolate. Um, And we didn't know this when we first moved there. So it was a Sunday afternoon. We had just wrapped up at church, and in the lobby, everybody's talking about this big snowstorm that's coming in. And Joel and I that day, we, our family had sent us some packages to the border, so we decided we're going to take a, a drive to the border, we're going to get our packages. Well, the border's like five, 45 minutes away, okay? Um, and so we get on the road. It did not even occur to us that, like, maybe we shouldn't take this little road trip. We had no clue. Um, and so we hop in the car, kids in the back, we start driving. And I notice, you know, off to the side of the road as we're driving through the city, there's, you know, a car that looks like it just got in a little accident. Tow truck kind of pulling up. All right, no big deal. And then we drive a couple more blocks. And on the side of the road, there's a couple cars that just crashed into each other. No big deal. Tow truck's on the way. And it just kind of, like, starts to occur to me, oh, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if we should really be doing this. Um, but the snow is starting to fall. Um, we drive some more. And, and I kind of say to Joel, maybe we should kind of reconsider. And he's like, you know, we're going to just take our time. We're going to drive slow. It's going to be okay. But the ground is getting icy. And the ground is getting slippery. And as we keep driving, I see more cars that have been in accidents, more tow trucks and cop cars whirling by us with their lights on. And, um, you know, 
sometimes I feel things like in my gut before I can actually articulate them out loud. Sometimes God works that way with us too. And so I start praying for us, for our safety, for our kids in the back seat. And I start to feel in my spirit like this is not right. And I start to cry. And Joel like reaches for my hand. And I can see that he's starting to reconsider. And I say, you know, babe, I really think we need to turn around and go home. And he's like, you know, we're already like halfway there. It's only 20 more minutes. And so now we're on this one-lane highway, and I can see the oncoming lane. In Canada, on the highway, there's no center divide. It's just this little yellow line that's slowly being covered up by snow. And I see the oncoming car. There's this couple driving, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they cross into our line. And I can see this, like their eyes are wide. They're just kind of looking like, what's happening? We've lost control of our vehicle. And they're coming right towards us. We kind of lock eyes. And then they keep going. They cross our lane. They go into the ditch, up out of the ditch. And as you can see in the photo, they crash into the fence of this lumber yard on the side of the road. And Joel looks at me and he goes, okay, we can turn around now. And so, um, but first we went to go check and make sure that they were okay and they were safe and nobody got hurt, thank God. And we actually waited with them for a couple hours because the tow trucks took that long because they were so busy pulling everybody else out of the road. But storms are so intense and they fill us with fear and we feel like we are out of control. And the storms come for everyone. They come for us all, whether we're ready or not. And the question we all have to ask ourselves is, how are we going to face it? Are we going to ignore it and keep driving? Are we going to run away from it? Are we going to be paralyzed by fear? And Jesus actually has some words for us this morning on how to survive the storms of life. And he has some life-giving words for us this morning. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is what Jesus says. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. So today we are wrapping up our series called A New Way to Be Human, and it's based around Jesus' most famous teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and he shows us a new way to be human, and today he's teaching us how to survive the storms of life. And as we wrap up today, we're going to look at some truths um, that he has to say about storms. And so right away in this, in this verse, we see that there's these two types of people. There's wise people and there's foolish people. And it's important to note before we get started that the storm comes for both types of people. So the first principle that I want us to see today is that the storm comes for everyone. The storm comes for everyone. And the storm doesn't mean 
that God is against you, okay? There is no shame in being in a storm. There's no guilt. There's no embarrassment. And I want to speak to those of you who are in a storm today that God is not punishing you. It's actually the opposite. Jesus is here today, and he's saying, take my hand. I want to show you a way out of the storm. You can build your life upon me. You can hang on to me, and I want to get you through this. So in this passage, we see that Jesus starts with the word anyone. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it. So it doesn't matter like what choices you've made in your life up to this point. It's not too late. His words are for you this morning. They're an invitation to actually listen and follow. So don't let this opportunity pass you by. So even though there are storms in life, we can be confident in God's love for us. So don't, ma- don't let that storm make you feel like God doesn't love you. Because there is an enemy in this world that would love to convince you that God doesn't love you. And he would love to make you believe that. Um, so don't fall for it, all right? Jesus says the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. So the storm comes for everyone, but the good news is that Jesus' words are for everyone as well. Both wise and foolish people hear his voice, but the difference is those who put them into practice. Because the storm is coming. Like you're either in one or you're heading into one, Or you're coming out of one. And, um, you know, the question is, do you want to go through the storm alone? Or do you want to go through the storm with the one who is greater than the storm? The choice is yours today. To build for good or evil. Your circumstances don't shape the outcome of your life. When you choose Jesus, the storms you face actually have no power over the outcome of your life. No matter what you're up against, you can take responsibility for your life. You can choose wisely. You can choose life. You can choose to walk with Jesus. The choice is yours. Jesus isn't going to force you because he's not like that. He wants to give you freedom. And he's the only one that can take you through the storm and use it for good. Okay? So the second thing we need to understand about the storm is that the storm is an opportunity to bring you to a decision about who God is. So just like us driving to the border that day, we had to decide, are we going to keep going? Are we going to turn around? Are we going to pull over the side of the road? What are we going to do? The storm forced us to make a decision. So how are you going to face the storm? Remember Jesus' words, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So there's only two options here, guys, to listen or follow or not. There's no third option. There's no maybe. There is no, I'm going to wait and see. There's no, let's pull over to the side of the road and just wait this out. Because waiting to make a decision is not listening and following. Waiting to make a decision is choosing by default not to follow. 
Listening and following is active. And it's more than just nodding your head and agreeing with Jesus. It's actually putting his words into action. Like Joel taught a couple weeks ago when Jesus said, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter the kingdom of heaven. And some of us today, we're stuck in this kind of in-between place. And I'm going to be honest with you, my goal is to help you get unstuck this morning. In this world, you know, there's all kinds of pressures uh, and reasons why we would hesitate to listen and follow Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and it's like, oh, you know, I just, I don't really want to associate myself with those Christians I see on the news. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot how the news is always 100% right about everything. (laughs) I forgot that. (laughs) And especially when it comes to Christians. Or maybe you're here and you're like, it's 2021, and I just feel like our society has progressed beyond biblical morality. Maybe. Or maybe God knows a thing or two about us because he's the one who created us. He's the one who designed us. Or maybe you're here and you're just like, it just feels so risky to go all in with Jesus. And I get that. I really do. Because, you know, I've been there before. And, you know, I can tell you this, I have been following Jesus my whole life, uh, most of my life, and he has never failed me yet. He's never failed once. And maybe take a chance on him this morning, because he loves you, and he wants to lead you into a life full of purpose and hope and love. And if you're feeling some of these things today, like, I understand your feelings, But my question to you today is, what is the truth? Because feelings are real, but they are not always the truth. And the truth is actually outside of our feelings. And the truth is going to determine whether or not we stand or fall. And that's why Jesus says in Luke 8, he says this, So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. So how are you going to face the storm? You know, I know we don't get storms a lot in California, so I actually had to Google, like, how do you prepare your house for a hurricane? Um, And so I found this website in Florida somewhere, and there's four steps to staying safe. And I actually, as I was reading, I'm like, these actually correlate really well with the spiritual reality. So let's take some time this morning. Let's prepare our houses, all right? We're going to prepare our house for the storm. So the first thing you would do is you make an evacuation plan. And this starts with a humble heart. It starts with a hungry heart. It starts because we have to admit to ourselves, okay, the storm is coming. It's inevitable. And I need to make a plan. And I need to admit that I need help. And in a spiritual world, this feels like being open to correction. Um, Sometimes it looks like just like being committed. I'm going to commit myself to finding the truth. Um, I need to be open to advice. I need to start saying okay to things instead of resisting. So what, what do I need to do? What's my plan? Okay, you need to make sure your car is full of gas before a storm. Okay. Okay, make sure my car's full of gas. You need to make sure you have some extra cash on hand. Okay, I'm going to make sure I have extra cash on hand. And in the spiritual world, that's, okay, you need to listen to the voice of Jesus. Okay, 
okay, I'm going to listen to the voice of Jesus. You need to spend some time praying uh, to him and reading his words. Okay, okay. Um, you need to build relationships with other people who follow Jesus. Okay, okay. It's like when my kids were little, when they were like little, little, like toddlers, I had this epiphany moment where I realized they are never going to come to a place on their own where they say, okay, mommy. Like I would call to them and be like, girls, come here. Silence. And I was like, I actually have to teach them how to say, okay, mommy. So when we were, they were little, um, we would like play these little games and I'd like run like drills with them. I, what do you say when I say, girls, come here? You say, okay, mommy, okay, mommy. So I'd send them into the other room and I'd be like, girls, come here. Okay, mommy. And I'd be like, girls, clean up your toys. Okay, mommy. Uh, girls, eat your dinner. Okay, mommy. Um, and it's the same way with us on our journey of faith. You know, Jesus is going to lead us on the path of life, and we need to learn how to say, okay. Jesus says, make it your plan to follow me through the storm. Okay, Jesus. Okay. I'm going to make it my plan ahead of time, before the storm even comes. So the second step for staying, stay, staying safe in the storm is you've got to secure your home. You've got to get some homeowner's insurance. And as followers of Jesus, our homeowner's insurance is trusting in God's salvation plan, trusting that Jesus is our rescuer, that we can trust him with our life. And this step can feel a little bit like a free fall. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's just making that decision. Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm not going to turn back. And this step is so necessary because there's a moment of free fall for sure. But his arms and his grace will always catch you every time. And in Deuteronomy, I love this passage of scripture. It says this, there is no one like the God of Israel. He rides across the heavens to help you, across the skies in majestic splendor. The eternal God is your refuge and his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. And that's how it is when we're with Jesus. When we're with him, we're safe and we're secure. And even if everything around us is chaos, we are safe and we're secure in his everlasting arms. Okay, so after you secure your house, you check for hazards. That's the next step. You check your roof. You maybe put out some sandbags. You put up some storm shutters. And in the spiritual world, this is the phase where you move yourself into alignment with God. That means that God's the leader now, and he's the inspector of the house. So, Jesus, I'm going to put your words into practice. What you say remove, I'm going to remove. And Jesus walks through the house, and he's looking for things that are going to injure yourself or injure others. He's going to look for things that are going to cause damage, things like pride, things like anger, Things like gossip, greed, jealousy. He wants to remove those hazardous things from our life. And then he walks through and he secures things. And he gradually replaces those hazards um, with good things like love, like humility, like peace, hope, and generosity. And this can feel like it doesn't make sense at times. Um, because we can't always see the outcome. Uh, it's like, Jesus, you want me to trust you with my finances? Okay. Um, Jesus, you want me to trust you with my time and energy, with my relationships? 
And it can feel dark before it feels light. And sometimes it's just like a simple command and you don't get to see the whole picture. Like a few weeks ago, um, I felt like God was saying to me, um, you need to stop following this feed on social media because there's just some gossip happening in there and I don't want that in your spirit. And that's a small scale, you know, little things like that. But we listen, we make those tweaks and adjustments and over time they produce a huge change. And at the time, these things can feel like death. Like, I like following that feed. But God has to remove those things that don't belong so that he can lead me into new things. In Matthew 16, Jesus says this to his disciples. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And I have definitely experienced seasons of tearing down. Like Christy, God says, like, Christy, I want you to give up that relationship. I want you to, you know, leave your career and be a stay-at-home mom for, for an indefinite amount of time. I want you to leave Southern California and move to Canada. And I'm like, I'm a beach girl. I don't belong in the snow. And then, you know, I want you to sell everything in Canada and move back to California. And I want you to take on this brand new church in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> And there's just so many things that feel so murky at the time because we can't see to the other side. But that is why we walk by faith, isn't it? Because we remember that God is leading us into life, not death. And I have seen it. And he's replaced all of those unhealthy relationships with healthy ones. That career that I gave up to be home with my kids gave me a decade at home that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, you know, he gave me back my career after that 10 years in a way that was bigger and better than I could have imagined. You know, and I did move to Canada, but I'm back. And I'm so happy to be here. And I'm here full, my heart is just full of all the amazing things that God did in my time there that I get to share with my new church family. And we are in the middle of our new miracle, aren't we, new life? because Jesus is leading us through the storms. And so when the storm comes, <laughs> the last thing we do, the very last thing we do, is we take cover and we hold on. We stay the path, we stick to the plan. When things get dark, we just keep coming. When we don't understand what God is doing, <laughs> we just keep coming. We just keep praying. We just keep reading his word. We just keep staying connected to our church family. We just keep coming. Let's say this together. We just keep coming. What do we do when we get discouraged? We just keep coming. What do we do when the storm comes? We just keep coming. What do we do when the winds howl and the flood waters rise? We just keep coming. And we keep coming back. And we keep coming back until the storm ends and we are standing on the other side with Jesus still walking with us because he has carried us through the storm. And we can see that his promises are true. We can see that we can build a life on him, that he is our truest friend and the storm is coming. So, do you want to go through it with Jesus? 
Or do you want to go through it without him? Because Jesus is the only one who can take the storm and use it for good. So when we hold on to Jesus, what we see is that God is going to make you stronger than the storm. One of the ways we overcome the storm is by remembering Jesus. And we remember his promises. We hold on to those. And, you know, this last year was crazy with COVID. And it was a very dark time for all of us. And I'm going to share some of the precious promises that God gave to me in that season. And I hope that you can hold on to them too. And if you're in a storm, use them now. If you're not in a storm, put them in your back pocket. The first one is this, Psalm 57. And it says this, Be gracious to me, O God. Be gracious and merciful to me, for my soul finds shelter and safety in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge and be confidently secure until destruction passes by. I will cry to God Most High, who accomplishes all things on my behalf, for he completes my purpose in his plan. He will send from heaven and save me. He calls to account him who tramples me down, Selah. God will send out his loving kindness and his truth. That's a beautiful passage. You can hold on to that. That's for you. That's a promise for you. The second verse that I loved was this one. It's shorter. It's Isaiah 26.3, and it says, You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And that one's a short one that's beautiful for those 3 a.m. panic nights when (laughs) your mind wants to go one way. And it's just like, you will keep in perfect peace. And Moose's mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You can just repeat that to yourself and invite God into that moment. And as we hold on to God's promises, what we find is we find that we are comforted in an uncomfortable situation. That there is lots of tension but we can hold tight and we can choose to remember Jesus during the storm. We can choose to turn our eyes to Jesus. Don't look at the wind. Don't look at the waves. And that's what we're going to do together this morning. We're going to remember him. And we're going to actually take communion together for the first time indoors. And, um, you know, we don't have a lot of traditions in the Christian faith. We have two that I can think of, communion and baptism. And communion is something that Jesus gave to us to help us to remember him, especially in the middle of a storm, to remember that he loves us so much and he came to pay the price for our rebellion on the cross. And if you would like to take communion with us this morning, you can go ahead and get out your cups and open them up. And the bread represents Jesus' body that was given to us. And the cup represents our new relationship with God. And we can come into that new covenant, that new relationship with God, because of the blood of Jesus that he shed for us on the cross. We now stand pure before God. And so wherever you are in the storm today, whether you're in the beginning, whether you're in the middle or the end, Let's take communion together now and remember him. This is the body of Jesus broken for you. And this is the blood of Jesus 
poured out for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we remember you and we honor you and we thank you that you are our savior. You're the one who leads us through the storm, that we can trust you, that you are our truest friend. Father, I pray for us as a church right now and I pray you know where we all are, whether we're where we're at in the storms of life. Would you strengthen us this morning? Would you secure our, our, our homes? Would you help us to make choices so we can build a life on you? Would you free us from the path of destruction and the path of death and set our feet on the path of life? We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.